Welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Flora. When Jared Blandino and Jeremy Johnson first launched Too Faced back in 1998, the beauty startup world was a whole different game. The co-founders navigated through all the biggest changes in the beauty industry over the decades, from the rise of Sephora to the influencer era. Estee Lauder acquired Too Faced in 2016, and now they're at it again with a new brand launch. Their new makeup brand, Polite Society, was unveiled on August 27th with Ulta Beauty as its retail partner. Jared and Jeremy joined the podcast to share all the details on the new brand and gave us a history lesson on the founding of Too Faced. Here's the full interview. Jared and Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So let's start at the beginning. Before we start talking about your newest beauty brand, you founded Too Faced in 1998, correct? Did you want to give us a little background on how you both got started in beauty? Oh, my gosh. Well, sure. Um, you know, we we met and fell in love in 1995. And about two years after we started just, you know, questioning, what do we want out of life? What do we want to do? We were very, very young. And... Um, Jeremy just has this insane, amazing business mind, and I'm kind of a creative guy. And together, we just kind of went up, went out about searching, you know, what we would want to do. And I was working behind the counter in the cosmetics arena at the mall, and so was Jeremy. And I think we just discovered how much we loved beauty, but we were seeing it from a completely different angle at the time. Because yeah. in the late '90s. Um, it was very regimented. Step one, step two. Everybody was wearing brown. It was kind of scary. It was intimidating. And I think Jeremy and I discovered, like, kind of through a gay best friend's perspective, how much we loved helping these women transform into the amazing superheroes that they always felt like inside by giving them the perfect lipstick or great mascara or ma- matching their foundation perfectly or... You know. I just, yeah, I just I think it was really just boring back then. And I, Jared, he uh, he says I'm a great businessman, but we wouldn't be here without him because he's the creative genius. So you know, he was uh, you know making concoctions of glitter and eyeshadow and and really just wanting to mix things up and break the rules because he does not like rules at all <laughs> whatsoever. Um, if there's a rule, he wants to break it. It just is in it's in his DNA. Um, so uh, I mean, he's the one that uh, created the whole thing out of his head one day. And um, thank and, God you took me seriously. And then, yeah, of course, I always do. I, um, you know, he was saying like I was, you know, uh, working at Saks behind the counter, and I was uh, kind of bored with what was being offered. So, as an art kid, I went to the art store and got glitter and started chopping up a Chanel blush and mixing it with an Estee Lauder eyeshadow and just creating all these crazy things that I thought the world needed. And I had some celebrity clients who would come in and be like, Jared, what, what were those eight things you told me to mix together? And so I'd have them buy them. I would take them home, melt them in my microwave, chop them up in my kitchen, add glitter, whatever, bring them back in little disposable um, takeout cups until security caught me and said, what are you doing? You can't do that. And I was like, they don't get it, you know? And so Jeremy and I together created Too Faced and it really was, you know, a really innovative, rebellious, glamorous take on the beauty world to help our friends and all the women in our lives. And now it's so cool, men um, are have joined the game, which is so exciting, but just to express themselves and be the fullest versions of the, versions of themselves every single day. And that's what Two-Faced was. Yeah. Yeah. 
And obviously the background of Two-Face could be probably several podcast episodes worth, but did you want to just talk about the startup scene at that time and what did it take to drive a brand to the level of success that Two-Face had then? I mean, at that time, it was like us. It was like, you know, Urban Decay, Hard Candy. I think we're all forging our way in, back in the day into this this new category that we, you know, um, I think with like the internet and social media and everything like coming along, we took to just forge our way into this, into the the lives and the department stores that I don't think a lot of people took us seriously back then. Well, it was, it was just traditional brands back then. And like Jeremy said, there were just a couple... Um, new innovative cosmetics brands coming out, which were called Trend at the time, or I, yeah. they gave it. They tried to put all these different names on us, but we were just rebellious artists who had a different point of view. And um, you know, I think it was so exciting because the landscape was was in in such need of that creativity. Today, it is just a whole other world. It's like yeah. you know, there are so many cosmetic brands everywhere. Like. You know, you, you see them popping up left, right, and center. But back then, it really was just the, the big guys, uh, Two-Faced, Hard Candy, Urban Decay, and that was yeah. basically kind of it. And together, we all forged this new world of creative, trend-setting, trend uh, beauty that has evolved into this amazing landscape of creative, wonderful, um, really innovative brands that you see today. And you talk about the department store era. What was it like coming into the Sephora era and specialty beauty? What role did that have with the startup scene? Well, we were in Sephora right from the beginning. Sephora yeah. launched 98 and so did Two-Face. So Jeremy was, again, genius business mind. You know, we're, we're working behind the counter. Our products were at Nordstrom, Fred Siegel. And um, in comes the rush of this new innovative amazing Disneyland of a cosmetics yeah, boutique. Yeah, I mean, they 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 really, Sephora changed the world out there in cosmetics for smaller brands. And 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 I think that a different way for the consumer to shop as well. And it's like, and instead of having that, you know, a person by, by behind a traditional counter telling you what to wear, or you can't even touch it, where they made this atmosphere where you can actually play with products and experience it on your own, which is so cool and, and changed the landscape of, of beauty forever. You and, know? and it was perfect for a Two-Face because we were interacting directly with our consumers. You know, we were younger, we were more wild. We didn't want our products being behind glass. We wanted you to play with them like a palette of paints and colors. Uh, we, we didn't want it to be intimidating in any way. We wanted it to be accessible and, and inviting. And it just was the perfect... And fun, and to, and also and to fun. break the rules as well. Like that was that was it. Like you always, I think you know, you felt so intimidated at that time to go and ask for help. You know, um, and and I think that took it out of the beauty advisor's hands and put it into the consumer's hands of like this is a this is amazing and fun, and I can play with it on my own, and I don't have to have that pressure of like oh don't do it this way. It's just it just it was a fun pressure plain and the experience. permission. You know, you used to have to wait for somebody to to give you the time to walk over, you know, it was on their terms, you know, hi, how can I help you? Especially back then, there were these amazing, these amazing women behind the counter who were kind of, you know, yeah. not, not really that interested in servicing you, but... Um, I think it's more intimidating because you see them all dolled up or, you know, all, yeah. you know, all glamored up and then, yeah. you, and then 
going up to the counter and asking if you didn't wear a lot of makeup, oh, like that might be too, too much for you to look like them. So where's the in-between? And I think that's where you're able to, you know, shop the Sephora's of the yeah. world and the Ulta. And, and that's the modern way of shopping now, yeah. honestly. They change the world. Yeah. Sephora and Ulta. Yeah. And speaking of where people get recommendations for makeup, your brand Too Faced evolved through different eras and also adapted to the influencer era. So what did that do for the brand leading up to the acquisition? It it was a part of our DNA to connect with our consumer, to pivot, to constantly change. We were constantly changing as young people, as the industry was changing. And we really saw beauty as an extension of fashion, as an extension of expressing yourself through every stage of your life. So at Too Faced, every, you know, I'd say every four to five years, I would kind of break it down and reinvent it. And although you saw it evolve, in my mind, it was like, what doesn't serve us today? Even if it was selling, even if it was something that was a big seller, and Jeremy hated that, but I was like, it doesn't really serve us where we're going. It's kind of holding us back. We've got to look into the future. And it was constantly evolving and growing and experimenting in the same way that our consumer was, because we were kind of growing up and growing together. And I think social media was pivotal in changing the way we connected with our our fans, our consumers. Um, we were able to talk to them immediately. We were able to see what they did with our products, what they wanted, what they didn't like. And it was a real relationship. And it was like the first time in the universe that you could so quickly and so immediately connect with your core audience. And we embraced it. Yeah. We were we were a part of developing it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm proud to say we are at the very beginning of that. And I think it was pivotal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was, it was, you know, like, I think back in the day, traditional advertising, or you were always speaking to the customer. Now they're actually talking back to you and saying, what about this? Do it this way. What about that? And it's like, it's like, there's so much information out there and it's so helpful because you might, you might develop it one way and the consumer's like, oh, well, this is a gr- another great way to, you know, to use this product. And then you're like, wow, I didn't even think of that. So it's, I think it's a, it's, it's an amazing tool to use and to hear what the customers are thinking and saying out there and really help for like, the future of the product development as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a collaboration truly at the end of it. It's a relationship, a collaboration, and it's a community. And it just, it just, it just strengthens the heartbeat of the brand. You know what I mean? And I think even with like, even with the new brands that we're, we're coming out with, um, with Diamond Drunk and Polite Society, it's, it's like, you know, we launched Diamond Drunk, you know, a few weeks ago and we're like, we, we have one vision and then the consumer's like, oh, what about this? Or what about that? We're like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just opening it up for collaboration and building the best products for the consumer, which, you know, everybody wants at that. And, and in time, you're able to discover, oh, they didn't understand that. We have to word it differently. Oh, we should create some content that explains that. And it's so exciting. And it's so cool. It's such an amazing tool and a key to a whole universe. So you had the acquisition in 2016. What has your role been with Too Faced since then? And where is it at now? So when we sold... Uh, the company to Estee Lauder for a record-breaking deal. You know, it was a big deal. Um, but, you know, very kind of soon in, we discovered that it wasn't the best place for us to to um, express ourselves creatively, to work in the magical way we work. Um, it was, you know, I discovered I'm very not corporate. Um, and it just felt a little stifling in the way that I needed to, we needed to function within that, that environment. It just wasn't, wasn't the best scenario for us. So we left... 
um, June 30th of 2022. 2022. And July 1st, 24 hours later, we were um, trademarking. uh, We were preparing ourselves for our next adventure because we love creating brands. We love connecting with people. I, we love beauty so much and we know so much yeah. um, that we were just excited to do it again in our creative, rebellious, passionate way to help through the vehicle of beauty evolve and push culture forward to um, in our own insignificant little way, make the world a better place through lifting each other up and hopefully creating brands that you feel your most yourself in. So you can create a community of like-minded people who are looking for the best in each other and and want to have a good time and want to win and want to sparkle and want to feel great. And uh, also are going to, you know, give you the same space to do the same thing. Be your fullest self without judgment and without, you know, fear. And that's kind of what we're trying to do through the through the, through the vehicle of our products. Yeah. So we took like um, we we started trademarking and and on the 1st of July and took um like almost a month off i think it was a month we weren't physically in california but we were traveling all around and so we were had tons of geography we weren't here but yes, we were working but we on were it. working yeah. on it and so uh, august 1st was like the official real start date what when we decided to start bringing employees on and really start building this machine so within a 12-month period we've decided to launch two brands um, and, you know, custom tool everything, work with our manufacturers well, with amazing formulas. And- almost three brands. We did that line for Madonna. So oh, what we did is we true. created an umbrella company called Toy Box. And Jeremy and I are going to fill our Toy Box with brands and, you know, uh, just creative projects that fulfill our souls, fulfill our hearts, and hopefully we'll connect to people. And under the Toy Box umbrella, we created Diamond Drunk, the world's first sustainable, refillable, non-toxic plant-derived jewelry cleaner. And then, of course, we're launching Polite Society, our new clean, rebellious beauty brand that launches exclusively at Ulta. Yes. You know, we're around the corner. I know. It's it's happening. It's it's two weeks, less than two weeks away. It's the 27th. It officially launches in store, which we're so excited about. Yes. 27th of August. I know. It's crazy. It's here. It doesn't feel like it. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy, but surprised. So you are ready to dive right back into the startup scene. Tell me what's different about launching a startup in 2022 versus 1998. What are the biggest differences? Honey, in 1998, all it took was a credit card and a dream and, you know, and and lots of praying and family support. Today, um, it is is such a different game, you know, to, to actually create a brand that can compete at this level in this in this environment it takes a lot more money a lot more connections a lot more work um but luckily you know we know exactly what we're doing and how to get it done but you know for a little indie brand of two kids from the mall i can't even imagine how that could be done today you know um it is so much more competitive it is so much more crowded you really really have to have a point of view your brand really has to have a a, a very defined perspective and offer something to the world and to the beauty community that someone else isn't. Because why does the world need another lipstick? It just doesn't. You're connecting emotionally. You're connecting through science and innovation. But ultimately, you're connecting through your hearts, right? And the spirit of the brand, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walk me through the different initiatives of Toy Box Brands. Let's first talk about Madonna. What was that like working with her? And tell us about that collection. Yeah, so she's a really good friend of ours, and we were actually at her home, sitting on her sofa, eating popcorn. 
talking about stuff. And she was uh, really excited about, you know, developing the tour. And it's her first greatest hits tour ever, the celebration tour. So as just a fan and a friend, I was like, girl, you need to bring back that iconic matte red lip from the Blonde Ambition tour. And ooh, ooh, what was that? You, I remember you had a highlighter on the, uh, on the uh, Who's That Girl World tour. What was that? Ooh, and you should do a lip, a lip plumper that's based on, you know, that really natural, um, like a virgin look. And so it's getting all excited and giving her all these ideas and kind of asking her as a friend and a fan to do it. And she uh, was like, you do it, you know, like you, you do it for me. So I'll show you. So we did this amazing line that you can get at her concert. So next to the t-shirts and merch, uh, you can you can actually buy the collection. It's really cool. So you'll, uh, the boxes are like crosses that are necklaces. So you can actually wear them while you're at the show because they don't give you bags anymore. You know, when you buy a t-shirt or, or, or merch. So the Blonde Ambition red matte lipstick comes in a, a cross necklace. That's the box. And then the lipstick is this perfect, beautiful, retro 90s matte red, obviously in a new, beautiful conditioning matte formula, but so Madonna. Um, I did the Who's That Girl highlighter that you're going to love. It's a beautiful peachy golden champagne that looks great on every skin tone. So uh, it was just a fun project that really came from talking to a friend and, and, and wanting um, these things myself as a fan and we just kind of develop them together and when you go to the show you'll see there's a makeup mirror you can buy a purse mirror and a you know lip plumper and different products but it's just really fun and it came from an organic friendship and conversation so is there a more long-term future for this line sure yeah listen you never know listen she's busy we're busy she's you know getting ready to go take over the world again but sure you know if, if the products do great which i'm sure they will and we, uh, you know, kind of take a look back at what we want to do. There's absolutely opportunity for a Madonna beauty line out there. And um, I'm ready to do it. Yeah, totally. With all these incubators, they're all starting celebrity lines. Where do you see celebrities in the broader toy box universe in the future? You know, it, 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 it's it's less about celebrity and about really authenticity. And, and you know, a lot of artists tend to have very specific points of views, very, um, you know, inspiring stories. And, you know, they tend to be, you know, really creative and, and especially the ones who become icons have something to say. So if we feel that there is someone who, who has an authentic purpose, a passion for something, has a very specific point of view, and they, oh, and they also happen to be famous, that's one thing. But developing lines just around famous people I don't get it. I don't, you know, more power to them. Go for it, you know. But I do think there's this kind of, there's been kind of this, I don't know, like gold rush into there's money to be made. Rush in. There's, you know, so, this person did it right or there's this person made a billion dollars. Rush in. You can't just want to get rich. You just you can't just want to slap your name on a lipstick tube and think that you're going to be successful. You have to have something to say and you have to offer something that isn't being offered. And if you happen to be a celebrity, fantastic. You, all the better, right? You've got a community of people who already love you. But if you're just trying to sell a look that you wear and that, you know, it's kind of like more based on vanity than it is your fans or the, your, your, your customers, I, I just don't see how that has long legs. And tell me about Diamond Drunk. Where did that inspiration come from? Because I think everyone was really surprised when we got the email that you guys were launching a new company. And then Diamond Drunk was the first thing that 
people told us about, which was really interesting from a beauty reporter's perspective. So tell us about where you got that idea. It, it really came from a need. I created Diamond Drug for myself. And when we, when we began working on Polite Society, we wanted it to be clean, more sustainable. You know, you know better, you do better. And there's, there's so much more clean science innovation available today than there even was six months ago. Um, it's just booming. And so when I was looking at cleaning my own ring and things, and I was using these toxic, chemical-based, antiquated cleaners that are only available and have been available since the 50s and 60s, and nobody's ever taken a look at them. I was at a high jewelry show with uh, Cartier, and I was saying that through COVID, I learned that we really need to wash our hands and stay clean. So I was leaving my ring in. Every night when I washed my face, I would leave it in the jewelry cleaner. And in the morning when I got ready, I would rinse it and wear it. And they were like, you can't do that. There's formaldehyde, there's alcohol, you know, there's ammonia. You can't do that. And I was like, why the hell? Is my jewelry cleaner full of all this toxic shit, you know? And so I saw, I thought, listen, I, I, I need something that will fold into my daily life that is going to be healthy for me, safe for my ring, great for the planet, and that's going to do a better job because these, these chemicals uh, aren't necessarily even the best way to do it. So I took a clean beauty approach, and I was asking um, different fine jewelry houses who I'm friends with to do it for me. And I was like, hey, I have, I have this idea you know, do this. Oh, and I found out these ingredients work even better. You know, you can use soda ash that's actually mined from the green rivers of Wyoming and coconut and corn extracts and sugarcane. I, I discovered through, through honestly, taking a beauty cleanser approach, what dissolves dirt, what pulls away oils and grime, like what does it? Uh, and then, you know, going further. So it's not skin, it's metal, it's diamonds. And uh, nobody was like doing it quick enough. So Jeremy said, let's just do it for ourselves. It goes back to being authentic. Like there's like such an authentic product to us. And that's in a need for like to change something up. Like jewelry cleaners are so toxic and so gross. This is the first clean, sustainable jewelry cleaner out on the market. And when I started asking my friends and you see it's really beautiful. It's presented in this really gorgeous home decorator way. Um, It's the perfect gift, especially the blue one for brides. Um, when I was asking my friends and girlfriends, like, how often do you clean your ring and how do you do it? I was shocked at how, you know, everyone who gets engaged, gets a ring or your mother, you know, or your grandmother leaves you these precious pieces. Or when you get a career and you get the job you want, you buy yourself a a gorgeous bangle or whatever. No one's teaching us how to take care of these things. And no one's sharing with us that within two days of wear, your rings, watches, earrings, bracelets have 400 times more bacteria, grime, grit, and dirt that can make you sick than a toilet seat because you're you're touching doorknobs and handles and shaking hands and Uber. You know, you have no idea how um, how dangerous it is to be touching food with a ring that you've been wearing for the last month or who knows how long and you haven't cleaned it. So, and and also, clean diamonds look bigger. Clean jewelry feels better. So it's my, it's our mission that we're going to not only give you the, the tools in order to clean your jewelry and make it sparkling, fabulous, scent it with fine jewelry fragrances, yeah. give you choices of colors and scents, which is all very emotional. But we're going to teach you how to live your life better and to stay healthy and to keep your, to keep your things looking their best. And I even made the cage, you know, better. Like I put a, a ring hook on it so you can hang your ring and it won't crash against your bracelets, your earrings or other things. Because diamonds can injure and harm other diamonds. They actually can scratch each other. So it's just an elevated, kind of really beautiful jewelry perspective. I call it a beauty ritual for your jewelry point of view. And everyone who's got jewelry needs it. And whether you do it 
once a week for five minutes, or you're like me and you leave your jewelry in overnight, um, you're, it's going to elevate your life, your experience, and your look. And they're so beautiful, they can sit on your counter. So they come in four different colors. It's white, black, pink, and blue. So it actually decorates your bathroom as well. And you can be proud of it and just leave it on your on your bathroom sink. And I created this little crystalline coaster that sits right under it in case you get any drippage. It's not going to hit your marble counters. It's beautiful. It's sexy. It's a very, it's like a beauty approach to cleaning your jewelry. No, I know. And and like we've already sold out of a bunch of the subscriptions already. So it's, it's, there's more coming soon. Jeremy will be thrilled to tell you that we've doubled our goal in the, even in the first two weeks. So it's really exciting. And it's I think people exciting. are really connecting to it and I'm excited. Do you have to use it? And it's direct to consumer. Our first, yes, our, our first, first foyer into DTC. It is our first direct to consumer, which is so amazing. Yeah. Who are your customers for this? Is this people that have multi-million dollar jewelry collections or is it for people with engagement rings? Like, what are you looking at and what are you seeing for customers? It's all of those things. It's been really interesting. We're getting high, fine jewelry uh, customers who have, you know, like you said, multi-million dollar pieces. And we're also getting our beauty consumer who's got yeah. little stacked rings, a bangle, um, some little stud hoops, a necklace, a friendship ne necklace, and everybody in between. So we're really seeing this really fun, really fabulous community of women and men of all ages, you know, all uh, jobs, all, you know, yeah. I think it's anything from 24 to whatever age. It's anybody that has jewelry from a, an engagement ring to earrings. To, it's it's anybody that wears jewelry. That's really who it's for. Yeah, the something blue vessel that we did create in bridal mm -hmm. blue for brides is doing really, really well. We were not uh, prepared for yeah, you know, the bridal community being so excited. And, um, you know, we thought they might like it, but they're really loving it. It's the perfect gift for newly engaged or a bridal party or, you know, what have you. Or... Or just anyone who's got, you know, gold jewelry, diamond jewelry, um, platinum jewelry who wants to stay clean and yeah. look their best. Even the black one is like we thought that would be more for men. And it's actually the, so many more women are buying it. It's like we're really, really surprised. This is where I'm like you get once you launch the brand, you get our so you you design things for specific groups. And then every it, it changes once you actually start selling the product, which I'm, like I said, very excited. You discover what they're doing with it. You might have had some plans, but it's even more exciting to see how the community uses it. And it inspires yeah. us. And we start creating other products based on that. Whole, whole new pipeline coming. And what's the marketing focus? Are you working with bridal influencers or wedding-related publications? Are you tapping into that kind of wedding market? You know, we, we, we touched on it. We really weren't super focused on it. They've just kind of embraced us. And we, we took, again, a, a, a beauty approach into marketing. And so we sent it to some of our friends and certain celebrities and certain influencers and it just and had a party and an event but it's really been just catching fire on its own and we're getting written about and when someone reads about it or hears about it they tell a friend they tell a friend and we've had such huge engagement on the uh website so yeah. much more than we ever ever thought we would um the amount of visitors we have within a, in a 24-hour period is just blowing our mind and the level of conversion so much higher than we thought it would be. So I just think we tapped into a, a white space that people didn't even really recognize no. or realize they it's something they've been living without, but they need so bad, you know, and just reinventing it for the for the modern world and making it safe for the environments, for you, for your for your jewelry is um 
it's just so modern, it's so necessary. What I think I'm most shocked about is the drain, um, like this, the drain cover. I created a little silicone security guard, we call it, and it's a yeah. little drain cover that you plop over your drain prior to rinsing in case you drop something, you don't lose your ring or your earring down the drain. And people have just loved this because it's such a simple idea. It, and it then, literally is such a simple idea that everybody loves. Like, people, that is crazy. People, yes. when, they're afraid of losing their things down their drain. I think so many people have experienced that. And then I created a loopless drying polishing cloth that is super absorbent, but there are no loops on the cloth, so it won't pull on prongs. And it's just literally just thinking about things on a next level way of how we really should be doing yeah. things. And it's like leveling up. And when you level up, your life gets better. Dropping a ring down a drain is truly one of the most terrifying things. But um, so let's talk about the beauty brand. So you're also getting back into beauty. What's new this time around? Tell us about Polite Society. What's the concept? You know, so just loving the beauty community so much. It is our, it is our passion. It is our life. And looking kind of at it from a bit of a distance over the last year, couple of years, just looking at what happened to the community, uh, it got a little heavier and a little more negative for a minute. And it just felt like it didn't have the joy that I so, so desperately want to, you know, make you feel, inspire you through through our products. And I thought, listen, we I want to create a brand, of course, that we're going to build from the ground up, that is plant-based, that is vegan, that is clean, that we're going to use PCR materials that might not be perfect, but I'm going to call them perfectly imperfect because they're better for the planet. And we're going to make it high efficacy, like full payoff, glamour, glitz, all the things that in the clean beauty space I wasn't seeing or, or didn't, you know, clean beauty is fantastic. It tends to be more sheer and more natural looking. It wasn't my aesthetic. And I thought, where's that amazing medium to full coverage finish foundation? Where's that mascara that's going to blow your mind with lift, length, curl, um, you know, a lip plumper that's going to send your lips just to the next level of plumping. It's going to blow your lips and your mind, add hydration, and let's, let's, let's really base them in, in natural ingredients. So I hope through the vehicle of these amazing products that I think that you will love and you'll find are so uh, that, you know, efficacious and deliver on their promises. This is our mascara. It's called Greatest Lashes of All Time. I'm going in I'm going in telling you, challenging you, this is the best mascara you've ever used. And the before and afters we use on the box were taken with a phone. No fancy photographer, no special lighting. This is what, these are the results you're going to get when you take a selfie or when you post yourself to social media. That's next level transparency. On the back, we have a list of ingredients that we love and ingredients that we won't use. Included in those ingredients are personality traits. So we find cruelty, bigotry, negativity, just as toxic it's not more toxic than parabens, you know, mineral oil and, and dangerous ingredients. So it's reminding you, yes, we want to put good ingredients into our bodies, onto our skin, but we also need to put good thoughts and good words and good intentions into our hearts and into our minds. We need to respect and value being kind, being courteous, being gracious, but we also need to um, create an environment where you don't have to dim your light, that you don't have to meet someone else's expectations of yourself, but live up to your own potential and make your own dreams come true. That we don't uh, limit one another and we leave space for everyone else to do the same and to be exactly who they are and be loved, not just for what we have in common, but for the things that we don't. It, it's so important for me that we create a movement of, of, of 
of powerful, almost aggressive positivity, if that makes any sense. Uh, our tagline is polite as fuck because we're coming at you with, uh, like, we're not going to be like, oh, be nice. We're going to be like, be nice. You know, like we're, we want to scream it from the mountaintops because it's time. And you see what Taylor Swift's doing with her music and on tour, she's creating this powerful community of love, of positivity, where grandmas are sitting there with their granddaughters and their moms and their brothers. And it's just everyone is ready to love each other, to look for the best in each other. And that is what polite society is through amazing, efficacious, kick-ass, powerful, uh, clean cosmetics. And can you talk more about the aesthetics? You mentioned kind of how the clean beauty world has been very much about minimal beauty. Where is the trend at right now? Because we hear so much about the clean girl aesthetic and all of that. Yeah. Where is glam at? Where Because there does seem to be this other kind of side of the beauty market where everyone's all about glam. So what are you seeing with the trends? Where is it going? You know, I think that it's time to be able to express yourselves fully for who you are, to have fun again, to create kick-ass, bold looks that help you transform yourself every day into whatever version of yourself you want to express in that moment. And I love sheer, beautiful, natural beauty. I, I love it. I appreciate it. I think it's fabulous. But I want to offer the world a foundation, like our more than a pretty face. And you'll see it. it's in this beautiful, modern, but very feminine egg shape. I want the products not to just work for you, but also to feel emotional, to feel comfortable, to feel cuddly almost. Uh, and I and I created the formula uh, using really powerful skincare ingredients because I wanted to create a foundation that will give you medium to full coverage immediately, natural luminosity, give you perfection without being perfect, but also the longer you wear it, the less you need to wear it. It actually improves your skin through niacinamide, vegan hyaluronic acid, a natural form of salicylic acid in willow bark to keep your skin decongested, clear and smooth and bright. Um, but, but, but also that, you know, would give you the option of going sheer if you use less or you add it to, add it to your moisturizer. So it's about flexibility. It's about adding options to the world. You know, it's not just about getting one look, putting yourself and peaching holding yourself into one box. Natural, clean, vegan, Beauty can be kick-ass, can be uh, glamorous, can be stage-ready, can be anything you want it to be um, by just using the same science, using the same heart and creating, again, a brand that my makeup junkie, you know, fans and friends um, are going to fall in love with. And, and, and you know, it's, especially the lip plumper I did called Big Mouth. It, it, I know how to do some things really well, but I'm an expert at mascara, lip plumper. There's some things that I know every trick in the book. I know how to pull every lever and I push big mouth to the very edge. And this is for my lip plumping junkies. And you know who you are and you'll see on the box before and after it's taken on a phone. These results are so real. They're going to blow your mind, but I infused it with B blueberry, I infinity oil and G ginger root. So again, the name has a lot to do with what the ingredients are in it. When you put it on, you're going to see a wow, a bam, a shaboom. You know, it's almost funny how, how efficacious they are and how much it works. And I just wanted to delight and excite you. I want to offer you uh, products that are going to help you transform into the person that you feel on the inside and express that on the outside. And for me, that's what polite society is. And that's where, for me, beauty's going. It's giving yourself options. It's leveling up. It's taking it to the next level, but also having all those good for you ingredients that maybe were available to people who liked more of a sheer foundation for you and your full coverage. 
And it's all, and it's also very clear, which I think it's all about transparency with the consumer of letting you know what's in it and what's not in it. And if, and what's recycled, like, you know, this is made from PCR. And so we were just being really, really transparent with the consumer and letting them know all the amazing things about it and also what's not in it and how we're trying to evolve, um, you know, recycling and re, you know, um, packaging out in the world. Clean beauty for the modern world. And you'll see all of our products have this either oval or egg shape to them. So the mascara will not roll off your table. Neither will the lip plumper, the foundations of this beautiful oval egg. But eggs are a symbol of new life and new beginning. And they're a classic element that's been used in design for hundreds of years. And I just wanted to bring a new level of femininity, a new level of beautiful packaging, because that's what I'm known for. But you'll see it's a lot less embellished. It's a lot more modern. It's sexy. It, um, there's matte textures. They all feel like they've almost been coated in different pastels of powdered sugar. They feel good in the hand. And um, at the end of the day, they deliver on their promises. And for me, polite society is always going to be that. And we also say, you know, if you've got something negative to say, if you've got something critical to say, we want to hear it. But if you're going to come at us with hate or negative words, or you're going to come at anyone, come at anyone in our community that way, baby, we're saying we don't want you. Go shop somewhere else. We are not the brand for you. We're not going to tolerate that kind of shitty behavior. We're going to worry about spreading light, love, and positivity through the vehicle of beauty. And that's what polite society is about, while also being strong, standing out for what you, you know, standing up and standing out for what you believe in, for um, showing your fullest self. Don't dim your light. Don't give me just a piece of you. I want all of you. Um, you know, in our logo, you'll see the O's are tilted. I say tilt your O's. Um, that means there might have been something that you saw as a flaw growing up. Somebody might have said your hair was kinky, your nose was too big. We say that's what makes you so uniquely beautiful. Bring more of that. Tilt your O's. Bring us your fullest self. Show the world your fullest, you know, all your colors, your heart, your beauty. And that's how we're, you know, eventually going to make this world a better place by being our truest selves, allowing everyone else to do the same and celebrating the fact that it's even more fun to get dolled up and get ready than it is to go out sometimes. And that's what a beauty junkie understands. And that's what a makeup lover, you know, gets. And you did a great job developing it. Thanks, babe. Yes. And tell me about your retail strategy. We talked about how in the early days, Sephora was all about the startups. What about now? How did you choose Ulta as your partner? You know, they really believed in our vision, um, Ulta, and just such great partners, like Sephora's great partners as well in, in the past with Too Faced. And we decided to go with Ulta. Um, it, we just all aligned. Uh, I love their approach to beauty. I love their, you know, they they go, they have Mass and they they, they have Dior and they, there's just, their, their customer is so varied they're, they invite all of us in to explore and have a good time. They're right next to maybe your favorite grocery store. The way we shop, you know, we're trying to get a lot done. Who's got the time? They're so available and convenient. The the uh, leadership at Ulta are so positive. They they literally do lead with love. They're 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 excited about innovation. They want to hear what you have to say. They want you to be different. They they really have um, kind of lifted us up and encouraged us to be even more unique and to express ourselves more fully. And that's all you could pray for in a, in a partner and to be able to share our vision and our products with their amazing diverse community of customers is such a privilege. And I just love that they're not cont contained to a mall. They're not in just one location. 
um, that they, and, and that they really kind of offer a beauty, you know, wonderland to so many different people shopping for so many different reasons. And um, it's just something that I feel is really just modern and it's perfectly polite society. And let's talk about the products a little bit more. You are obviously no stranger to finding success with lip plumpers and with mascara. We have all these trends now with these types of products going viral on TikTok and selling like crazy. What is your approach to product marketing with this brand? Are you going to take a hero product strategy? What do you think? You know, the, the reason I the reason we're launching with mascara, lip plumper, foundation, and then we also have this beautiful blush palette. The reason I chose those categories is I wanted to launch the brand with very high level, um, you know, efficacious products that you're going to need and depend on every day to give you a base to grow from. And yes, we took a very TikTok approach. Everything has to have a wow. That's why you'll see in our before and afters, we say we shot them with a the phone. You're going to see this kind of volume lift and, and length from our greatest lashes of all time mascara. It's going to blow your mind. Our uh, big mouth lip plumper. I pushed to the very edge of what I'm allowed to do. I pulled every lever. Listen, we say on the packaging, it hurts so good. If you are, if listen, if you don't want to feel the tingle, if, if you're afraid of lip plumpers, listen, this is not for you. But if you want your lips to be like plump, juicy, kissable, full, smooth, um, loaded with intense hydration, knowing that, you know, that we use the really natural ingredients to get you there, but it's going to be even like next level from any lip plumper you've ever tried. You're going to love it. So I say that, you know, I want people to love it or, or, or kind of say like, this is too much for me. I almost, I love polarizing beauty because I love going after a group of people who are like-minded and who love it. And then people who maybe, you know, aren't feeling that aesthetic so much will come in later and maybe use it a different way or, you, you know, apply it over a lip balm or maybe use just one coat of the mascara. And I just love seeing how it evolves. But when I create, I create for a very specific person. And that's the person who wants to see that. Wow. Who wants to see that beautiful coverage immediately. But but her skin looks like skin. His skin looks flawless and completely luminous and hydrated, even though they haven't been drinking eight glasses of water or getting all that sleep. Um, you get that immediate, beautiful look. Um, that only really high level efficacious products, high impact products can give you. And that's kind of our perspective, right? We like the wow. Definitely like the wow. Now we're in kind of the TikTok era, right? There was the YouTuber era. We're in this era of TikTok and influencers. Who is your target customer? Are you looking to Gen Z? Do you have a specific age demographic in mind and how do you reach them? You know, we, I've always created kind of in my mind for, the, you know, a 25, 27-year-old. And for me, somebody 15 or 17 wants to be 27. Someone who's 47 looks back at 27 and says, that's when I felt my best. So it's kind of like the core in my brain. But ultimately, it's for millennials, Gen Z, Generation X, women and men who want to feel their best, look their best, know they're doing something great for their skin when they're using it, that the planet's benefiting as well that you're using products that are, it's more than makeup, it's a movement, but ultimately you can depend on these products. And that's really like a Gen Z, you know, we're going after our same customer. When we were at Too Faced, we spoke to the same person and we're speaking to uh, her and him right now. But also we we, we love bringing everyone in from both sides and um, we're gonna continue to, 
continue to do what we do so well. And yes, we're using social media. We're using all of these social platforms to get our message out. We're going to continue to disrupt the industry, shake shit up and have a good time. And maybe on the way, piss a couple people off, but I love doing that. That's fun too. So if you're easily offendable, you're going to be offended. Get ready. And tell me about the funding structure. Is this totally self-funded? Are you bringing in any kind of outside investors? No, as uh, right now, it's 100% funded by myself and Jared. I think that we wanted the freedom to do what we want and not to hold back. And so that we decided that this is the road for us as of right now. And as a toy box kind of initiative, we always said we're going to bet on ourselves. And we learned um, that we can, you know, if there's anybody you can count on, it's each That's other. And um, so if we're going to do it, we're going to do it for ourselves. We're going to do it uh, with complete control and autonomy to do what we want, how we want. We're never asking permission. And um, we're going to shake shit up. We're going to shake shit up and we're going to do the yeah. best we can. And hopefully you're going to love it. And you're going to come on this ride with us. And together we're going to change the world. Yeah, I wanted to wrap up by getting thoughts on your vision for the future of Toybox long term. So you obviously know how to successfully get an exit for a brand. With your brands under Toybox, do you see yourself selling someday? Do you have exit strategy in mind? Would you go public? Like, what are you thinking like long term, long term? Well, I think that initially, Jeremy will speak to this, but I I want to get the brands up and get their heartbeats going up. We're not we're not going at it to sell our initiative. Our intention isn't to just create brands and go make a bunch of money. We're really trying to change the world in our own little way through the vehicle of our products and connect with people. Um, if if in the future um, there's an opportunity to partner with somebody or at some point we decide something could be better or bigger if we sell it, that's on the table. But it isn't necessarily all why we're doing this. That's the reason for being like, we're just, we really honestly just wanted to have fun again. Um, so, the, and, and we love beauty and we, and there's so many other companies that we want to develop as well, but I think two and a 12 month period is a lot. What's three? So, well, three, sorry, three, three brands. And we have one on the back burner, we're taking it. But it's also in different, in different spaces. Like the next one is, you know, in the, in food. So I think we're, we're literally just having fun. And they're, like I said, Jared's an amazing creative genius and has so many ideas and it always needs to be an authentic to us of, of whatever brand we want to bring out. But there are, there are quite a few other brands that we are thinking about. Um, and, and you never know, like you never know where inspiration will hit. I was having dinner with an amazing blonde bombshell icon the other day and uh, discovered this amazing farm life she's created for herself in Canada. She, and um, she's growing these roses and she's making these oils. And, and um, I was just like, I want some of that. I want some of your rose oil. And I'm like, what could we, what could we do with that? You know? And um, so it all, it, you never know where it's going to come from or where it will lead you. But um yeah, from Pam Anderson to Madonna to who knows who. You never know where you'll end up, but um, it's always through authentic friendships, inspiration, and opportunity. So a year from now, how many total brands do you think you'll have? In a year from now? A year? Maybe yeah. like five or six. No, probably like... Including these, we oh, three. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that's Five. A lot. Maybe, let's say, let's say four. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't get them going, please. Let's say four. 
He's gonna say six or seven. No, no, no. I think this is good. I think like we want to like we want to bring these two out and or the three out and then see how they do. And then there'll be probably will always be some tweaks. And then and then um and then we can add to our um I know you're gonna do at least box. one or two more in the next year. That's I would definitely happen. say that, yeah. That's gonna two. happen. Let's just be let's just tell the truth. Share share the truth with the children. It's truth. Can we see anything about what those are? So you said you have food. Can you tell us anything about that? And is the other one going to be beauty? Maybe uh, in a different in a different lane of beauty and the food. Um, we listen. We just need to focus on what we're doing. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give anyone else ideas. Um, yeah, there's a, there there'll be something in food. I would say in the next in the next year, for women, of course. Yes. Always geared towards women and uh, the feminine aesthetic for guys who like something like that. Um, it's always going to be glamorous. It's going to have a very specific point of view that I have. I think there's a lot of stuff within the food world that's only geared towards men. And uh, it's time that we take a more feminine approach and make it pretty and make it fabulous and do it in a, do it in a different way. Do it our way. Femininity is power, baby. We believe it. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing what you have in store. It sounds like you have a lot in the works. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Glassy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. See you next week. Bye.